So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello and welcome to Everyday Connection Now with your hosts, Jean Victoria Norlock and Rick O'Shields. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this now edition of Everyday Connection. I am, yet again, Rico Shields, and right in front of me, but slightly to the right, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm good, but you really need to stop messing with our listeners. They're going to wonder, where is he now? Which way did he go? <laughs> Yesterday, I was to your left. <laughs> what well, happened? How did I get in front of you? Um, oh, he moved his chair, basically. Don't worry. He hasn't traveled again, guys. He's still in Costa Rica. It's okay. <laughs> right. That's right. No, I just, I get myself turned around from time to time. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> yeah. It's that, a human thing. It's what? Which way? <clears throat> oh, because to me, you're forward right here right works. now, you know, but yeah, forward works. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, I would ask well, this question, but I already kind of know the answer, so it's not fair. But you had anything interesting go on today? I have. Um, for our listeners who have been listening to our show for a while, you know that we often speak about the education system and how the the need is there for vast changes um, within the structure of the education system to accommodate these new young brilliant people who think so far outside the box that actually being in an enclosed classroom setting is is probably the unhealthiest thing for them. My daughter being one of them. I'm happy to say that the quest to find the perfect education for my daughter to continue her high school continues to go brilliantly. I will be having um, the lady who heads up the local program on the show. So you guys keep your eyes and ears out for that one. She's she won't be in for another month or two, but um, I'm really excited to have her on. Basically, here's what happened. The principals of this high school that caters to 3,000-some students from outlying areas uh, realized that a lot of their students were really struggling with in-school education. And so partnering up with the school board, they have initiated a couple programs. One of them is honestly ready-made for my daughter. It's online education. It's done through the school board. You have um, tutors available through a 1-800 number, 24 hours a day. You have all of your support system there available if you need to contact the school for anything. You know, you you can do that. You can contact the program administrators. It's a modular setup. There's no final exams. And rather than having to pay for exorbitant fees for a tutor, books, all that stuff, 
each course, 40 bucks for your book, your tutor, your everything. It's affordable, which people need to hear. I can't wait to get this woman on the show. She said that last year they had something like 3,000 students and I think she said 1,300 graduates out of this program. That's and half real. the school. Real <laughs> that's half of what the yeah, that's half the high school complement. Okay, that's like the high school houses about three thousand students, and she says there was about thirteen hundred graduates from this program last year alone. That's astounding. Well, and it it works it works for these revolutionary uh, minded children. It works for uh, you know, if something would happen and the child has to work to help with the household or, or whatever and so needs to go to school at odd hours. It, <laughs> it, 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 it makes it, uh, uh, you know, something reachable because uh, so often that Attainable. happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, child gets, for whatever reason, they just can't, they can't hit those required you know, whatever time it might be, eight to three or whatever, and and uh, and so they don't get a high school diploma, and they get some something, and then or heaven forbid, one of these online places that you know isn't for real, and and try to go to college and have trouble. Now they can get a real high school graduation certificate from a real Absolutely. high school. Absolutely, a high school diploma from a real high school that is registered through the school board. Now, what I find interesting about what you just said is that, yes, up until now, school systems have been set up very much like a factory. I mean, we send our kids to school uh, on based on their date of manufacture. We send them to school. They answer to a bell. They are given a certain amount of time to work, a certain amount of time to take a break. They have to be, you know, in school from, say, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., the truth of the matter is, and every adult out there who knows themselves knows this to be a truth, people don't function that way. You don't eat at a certain time just because, I mean, it's not healthy for you to eat at a certain time just because that's when you're allowed to eat. You should be able to eat when you want to eat. You should be able to work when you want to work. When you're at your peak performance time of the day, whatever the time of day that is, I know many creators who create best at 3 a.m. So, taking that into consideration with regards to our young people and being able to create an education system that allows them to, you know, utilize their own skills, talents, and aim for their own personal goals on their own time in their own way is absolutely brilliant, and especially in my daughter's case, who want, doesn't want to wait till high school is over to be able to start working on building her career. So, she is going to be able to finish her high school education while she's working on her first book, while she's learning to design for cosplay. You know what I mean? So this is this is something that, and she doesn't have to play the personal politics game with the bullies and all the all the BS that goes along with high school. This does not mean that she's not going to get social interaction. There are tons of programs out there that she can sign up for, that she can get social interaction. She can go to dance. She can go to yoga. I mean, she can go meet people. She still has friends from when she went last year that she's still in contact with. She can certainly go out with and, them anytime she wants. And, and not to mention, you're, so, you know, collaborating online on writing a book. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. reasonably social, writing a book with someone else. Absolutely. Many, many absolutely. authors I believe wouldn't speak. It's too, 
I believe there's there's two there's people that she's two working others, on the list. Yeah, I see. So, and, and neither of them are from Canada. So, I mean, it, it goes to show you our young people think so far outside the box that the box needs to be tossed out. I, I, what I well, I what just, I find so impressive about just let me say this one yeah, thing yeah. and then we can get on to whatever. But what I found so impressive about this woman is that she again quoted the principle in saying it's not about the school, it's not about the government, it's not about the school board, it's not about the teachers, it's not about the parents, it's about the students. We need to cater to what the students need for their future. End of story. That's when I invited her on the show. <laughs> Girl, we got to get you on here. Talk about this. Um, and so there is hope out there, guys, for, for those of us who have been kind of bashing our head against the wall, raising these kids, going, what do I do with this brilliant being who just can't do nine to five? Um, there's hope. There's there's help available. There's options. We have options for our kids. It's awesome. Uh, this is another Another confirmation for me that our world is changing at a rate that's just almost impossible to keep up with. I mean, a year ago, I didn't even know that this this was a possibility or that this existed. Now, I'm celebrating the fact that our education system is is making the changes that are required to meet the needs of our youth as they are today, not as they were 20 years ago. And that, to me, is such a blessing. Yeah, because that's so. Again, big shout out. Big shout out to Massey Vanier High School and the school board in um, the area of Townsville, Sutton, Quebec, for making this available for students. Big props to you guys. A absolutely, because you know I just want parents to to think about the fact that you know, okay, so we're going to take this very rigid, structured thing, and it's going to prepare our children for the future. Did you know? It, I'm fifty. <clears throat> They didn't have PCs. The PC was invented the same year I graduated high school. <clears throat> and we didn't have World Wide Web. We didn't have any of that stuff. So, and, and it really wasn't on a lot of people's radar. So, you know, how is it that we're going to know somehow how the world's going to be in, in 20 years, 30 years, and, and, and teach that to these kids now? Because you, you just can't even imagine um and and it, i think it's open and creative programs like this that are where we need to go you know because the kids have got to learn how to the kids have got to learn how to navigate and how to think and how to how to get along and get by it, not a bunch of facts that are going to be irrelevant by the time they're adults you know absolutely it's 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 so brilliant and i'm so grateful so grateful to the system for recognizing the need for it and for making it available. Um, now, on our other note, George has been giving us more recipes, so we're going to start a new thing at the beginning of the shows called, every once in a while, we're going to bring out a new George recipe. Um, tonight, I'm working on a new one. I'll have to wait till the next show to let you know how that works, so we'll talk about it then. So what's but we haven't eaten or we're gonna go, yet. All right. We're going to go back over George's tea real quickly. Um, the ginger tea. So there's two options for you tea drinkers out there who want to have more energy, more vitality, um, even just if you have a cold. Uh, the second recipe that I'm going to give you is brilliant for a cold treatment. I actually drink it every morning. It's brilliant for everything. So you can have your, your hard, long-to-make version. 
but it's really effective and it's really not that hard when you think about it. It just takes a while. So basically four to five, I think it's quarter inch slices of ginger, from fresh ginger peeled, throw it in a pot with a cinnamon stick and about three cups of water. Boil it till it's either pink or for 20 minutes, whichever comes first, and then let it steep. You're going to love this for another 30 to 40 minutes. Pour it in your cup. Add a little hot water to keep it warm. Add your honey. Drink. You can keep, you can double up the, the, the amount. You can make a pot and let it sit all day and just continue to add hot water to it to, you know, get half a cup of the tea in there and then half a cup of hot water because as the day goes along, the tea is going to get stronger. If you want the quick fix method, here you go. Pick a favorite tea bag, be it green tea, orange pico tea, I don't care. Pick a tea, any tea is fine. Sit the tea bag in the cup, throw in a cinnamon stick. This time you're going to grate your garlic or your, your ginger. So grate your ginger and throw it into the cup with the tea bag and the ginger stick. Throw in your hot water, let it steep for a couple of minutes, and then, this is the fun part, and I know a lot of you are going to go, ew, but honest goodness, it tastes so good. The combination of flavors is wonderful. Chop up or grate one clove of garlic. Throw that in the water with your tablespoon or teaspoon of honey, however sweet you like it. Please, if you can, unpressurized honey is best always for you. So, you know, try and use that if you can. But if you don't, use pasteurized. It's all good. Honey's honey, honey. Uh, honey. And then drink it. And I'm telling you that the extra added ginger element, or sorry, the garlic element to it is just it, give you a kick. You can also do it with the, the longer version of the ginger tea. You can add garlic right before you drink it. Don't cook your garlic, though. Make sure you add it as the last thing you add because garlic fresh is the best for you when it's cooked. You take you take all the stuff out of it when you heat it up too much. The same with the honey. You don't want to heat up your honey. So, and there you go. Your your vitality tea by George. Recipes by George. <laughs> We've got recipes by George. Oh, <clears throat> or recipes by George. It's you could say it either way, and it would be true. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. And we have a guest yeah. by George. Yes, we do, and 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 we don't want to we don't want to banter too long because uh, I know we're. Uh, uh, we're trying to meet uh, the demands because you know we've it's 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 become not unusual for us to have a fellow radio host uh, on. So you could say we have radio stars on the show. This is probably one of the first times we've had a movie star on the show. Um, well, we've had some I, Foster and Kimberly Gamble. They were but they were movie. Well, they starred and produced, so I guess that counts. But um, um, star Sharon Wright change for a dollar. Change for a dollar. Yeah, she she had a brief appearance. She she was in the other one longer. But anyway, um it's not as often that we that we do that. And so um uh, uh speaker, um she's been a recruiter, movie star, uh but I'm really thrilled about the author and gratitude expert part. Uh Lisa Ryan. Welcome Lisa, how are you? Oh, thanks. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks for inviting me to come on. Thrilled that you could share some of your time with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll get right to it, Lisa, because uh, we know you're a busy lady who has a life to live. <laughs> well, thanks. Busy lady. <laughs> busy lady who has a life to live. 
Who on earth are you and what do you do? I do. There's so many things that I do. Uh, it, it's really been fun. Recently, I've been promoting my newest movie. I'm actually in two. I don't know if you know about the second one. It's called The Gratitude Experiment, and it is a single-minded focus on the power of gratitude. So it's nice to be able to really take that message of gratitude and share it in the, with the world with as many people and as many ways as I possibly can. So that's been really taking up a lot of my time. And I'm also working on my newest book, which happens to be a gratitude journal, because I talk about gratitude so much, and I encourage people to write, a, to keep a gratitude journal because it's the single most powerful practice that I've ever used. And I talk about it all the time, and I've been talking about this darn, you know, using loose-leaf paper and a binder forever because that's what I've been doing. I said, you know, I really should have my own journal. So I decided to put one together, so I'm working on that too. And it's just been a really, really fun and a, a real big blessing. That's absolutely awesome. I think everybody should have gratitude journal. I know that certainly Rick and I have used that wonderful gift called gratitude and appreciation for so many things in our lives. Uh, it can change so much in your life. So how did you tap into that? What happened? Let's get a little of your backstory in here if we may find out, you know, where where do you come from and how did it happen that you stumbled onto this gratitude thing? And how sure. has it changed it, your life? It, you know, it, it actually happened a little bit by accident. I went in 2009, I went to a four-day seminar with three of my friends, and it was an intensive seminar. There was a fire walk involved, and we knew from going to all of these different types of seminars that the energy and the enthusiasm that we had right after the seminar ended was probably going to wane over a period of time, and we didn't want to get back to where we always got back to. So this time we wanted it to be different because there was so, again, so much energy just surrounding that whole experience that as we were driving home, we said, well, let's open up a Facebook thread, and every day what we'll do is we'll write down two or three things that we learned at the seminar, experiences that we had, people we met, because we actually, all four of us, sat, sat completely away from each other so we could experience it ourselves. So we said, well, we'll do that. And then one of my friends, for I don't even think it was me, said, well, let's write down three things that we're grateful for. Okay, cool. And we did that every day, and we held each other accountable for it. And within a very short period of time, I just started to notice that things in my life were going a lot better. Um, there were I was in medical sales at the time, and customers that I hadn't talked to, you know, for months were calling me and placing orders and wanting me to come in. And there was two major facilities that I'd been calling on for five years and cultivating those relationships that closed. So I started noticing all of these things, and I realized that the only thing that I had really changed in my life was that daily practice of gratitude. And so at that point, I started doing some research, and I did a lot of research as far as reading papers and reports and attending programs and everything to see if there was more to gratitude than just a really happy coincidence. 
and I discovered that there's so much science behind it that it's more than just a feel-good emotion. It's more than just looking at the world and saying thank you when somebody does a favor for you or, you know, things are going well in your life and you're appreciative, but it's that constant practice of building that gratitude muscle, of being grateful when things are going really well, but also being able to find something that you're grateful for when you're not having the best day on the planet. And from that point, I was still keeping my gratitude journal. I was still in medical sales doing well. And then a year later, when that position went bye-bye, I was actually, my position was eliminated via group conference call with 12 other people. Actually, my, my three-year anniversary is coming up from that fateful phone call. Wow, but, that's almost as fun as breaking up over text message. That's horrible. Yeah, wow. well, you know what? And and even though at that moment it was the worst, I, I mean, it was the worst possible thing that could have happened. I mean, I mean, I made huge money. I was having a fabulous year. And you know when you're listening to something and you can't believe what you're actually hearing when they're telling you, yeah, your position's been eliminated, effective immediately. I mean, I'm sitting there just stunned, pinching myself, going, well, this has got to be a dream because this cannot be happening to me. And then after going through all the tears and the sobs and telling my husband that my job was gone and going through all of those emotions and just in the depth of despair, I knew that I had been practicing gratitude for a year, and I said, okay, what is it that I can find to be grateful in this moment? And I sat down, I went into the silence, I did a little meditation, and I, I put the question out there, okay, what can I find to be grateful for? And my goal list that I had actually written in 1989 popped into my head, and of the top three things on the list, there's, I don't know, eight, 70, 80 things on the list, whatever, the first one was to buy a house, which, you know, I had already done. But the second one was to become a professional speaker, and the third one was to write a book. And it was almost at that moment that I just felt this physical lifting as I knew that the universe's answer to me was that this is what you're supposed to do. You know, you did well in sales. That was all fine and dandy, but you'd never be able to reach the the, the pinnacle of your dreams and goals if you were still working 60 hours a week. So from that moment, I decided that I wasn't, that I was going to form my own company, that I was going to be my own boss, number one, so I would never have to listen to another conference call like that again. But I could really, <laughs> but I could really share this, such a powerful practice and yet so extraordinarily easy to do. It's just that consistent practice of looking at the world around you and trying to find something that you can be grateful for. And it's so powerful and it works. It is powerful. And that's, you know, one of the things we talk about on the show all the time and, and I've been accused of being Pollyannish and all that stuff, but I actually looked up what Pollyannish means and I'm quite proud to be Pollyannish. <laughs> now that yeah. I know what it's you know, based on the idea of the story. Um, but we've, we focus on not just gratitude for our own lives, but gratitude for the things that are going well in our world. So one of the things we do on a regular basis is when we meet every morning for coffee, we have a practice of going through the good news. 
And I don't mean the Bible. I mean going through the good news that has been put out that day by various media outlets from around the world. And we can find five to six every day really inspiring, uplifting stories of amazing things that human beings are doing. We've been doing this now for two years. And Rick will probably, no, he will back me up when I say that we have noticed that the rate of change has just increased exponentially over the last year. And the more we do it, the more good news we find. Yeah, and it, used cool, to take, right? it used to take a little digging, and now it's it's easy. They're just right there. Right. And it's just starting your day off. I mean, I, I actually now start and end my day. In the morning when I wake up, I have my journal right next to my bed, you know, so before I even get up in the morning, I just write down the five sentences of I am grateful for. I add a little bit of detail to it, so I try to change it up. But then at night, I actually have two practices. The first one I do is my wins journal, that basically I look back on my day and find, you know, five wins. What went well today? So to give that extra perspective. <laughs> You know, there are some days where it's really difficult to find those wins, but when you sit there and you force yourself to do it, you start to realize that, hey, it was a pretty good day after all. But then what I started to do before going to sleep is um, a practice that I call the ABCs of gratitude. And I basically now just pick a random letter in the alphabet and start with that letter. Like maybe today I'll start with, the letter H. I'm so grateful for my husband, Scott. Okay, what's grateful for I? Well, I'm really grateful that I tasted a new flavored ice cream today. What about J? So you keep going, and generally it takes me five or six letters until I fall fast asleep, which is why I don't start with A anymore, because I really never made it through F or G. But it's a good, positive way, drug-free way to to get to sleep and and have that positivity going into your subconscious mind as you're drifting off to sleep instead of watching the eleven o'clock news or pouring other some other kind of negativity down your brain. Yeah, the eleven o'clock so news, some TV show, you know, where they chop people up. Yeah, there's so many good choices late at night, particularly. <laughs> I've noticed. Uh, hadn't had a TV in about three years, and and this place I'm renting it, it, it comes with TV. And uh, I turn it on every now and again, and I go, oh, they're still doing that, and I turn it back off. <laughs> but mm -hmm. yeah. But even in there, you can find you know some of those changes. We talked about that on our last show. Um, but I think it's awesome because it it you know if you, I find if I fall asleep, I'll worried in my head about things, I wake up worried. Right. Yeah, and that's the problem. Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it takes me five, I was going to say, sometimes it takes me five or six letters. There are some days where, you know, the voices don't stop and it takes me the entire alphabet. <laughs> but one way or the other, <laughs> it's still... You still get those voices that are reminding you of all the things that you didn't get done and telling you about all the things that you need to get done tomorrow and all those little voices that want to keep you awake, but it makes them think alphabetically. So that's that's just been one of my saving graces. It's really brilliant. It really is. It's simplistic, which is good because simple is usually the best path yeah. to 
you know, happy you don't need supplies. Well, it's good. Yeah. No. There's no paper. There's no pencils. There's nothing. So there's nothing that you need. Just your brain. And, and it would stop the hamster wheel, which you know we talk about a lot on the show. Is when you're you're lying in bed at night, particularly, uh, your mind will go in places that. You really just don't want it to go. I mean, you can go over everything you did wrong that day. You can go over everything you're worried about for the next day, for the next week, for the next year. Um, I mean, it's it's an odd practice and habit that we have as human beings to lie in bed at night trying to sleep and worry about things that could go wrong. It all could go wrong. I could lose everything. Right. And we do this on a regular basis. Um, I had a really interesting interesting adventure a couple weeks ago actually um and i don't think we haven't talked about it on the show yet but tonight seems appropriate i was lying in bed one night and i was worrying about a debt that i have um that i have not yet been able to pay um and instead of instead of going through the list of things that could go wrong if i wasn't able to pay this debt soon i switched it over to how many different ways the debt could get paid I could win a million dollars, I could get a raise, uh, my books could suddenly hit a million copies, and now I'm a wealthy, world-renowned author, uh, my husband could, you know, get a raise, or there's so many, or, and I fell asleep with the idea that, or the debt could disappear. And what a strange way to think about it, but I was like, you know, all these, all these debts that we have, they're all in computer systems. What if there's a failure in the computer system? My debt could just be wiped out. It could just disappear. And honest to goodness, Lisa, and that's why we haven't spoke about it, because not many people would believe this actually happened. Um, honest to goodness, the next day I was calling Visa to make a payment on a, a smaller Visa card, and they couldn't find it. They could not find my debt anywhere. I went through seven different people. On the phone, it took an hour and a half for them to find the debt so I could make a payment on that card. Wow. But I knew that I owed them money, so I was determined to pay it because it, it wasn't more morally and ethically sound for me to not pay it. But it, it took me till later in the day to realize the night before I had actually lain in bed, and right before I went to sleep, I was thinking about how many different ways the debt could just go away. And it did. Or at least wow, it went to the way back corner of the file cabinet because they did eventually yeah. find it. But and that's actually a very timely exercise for me. So I, that's so I thank you for that. I would actually like to have one of the things where you use your Visa card. And they say, you know, the bells and the whistles go off and all the lights start flashing and everything. You just won a hundred thousand dollars. You are a ten million user. <laughs> Yeah, you can use your visa for free for the rest of your life. Yeah, that would be good. See, no, and that's that's creative thinking. That's out of the box thinking. So instead of worrying about your debts at the end of the day, think of ways that they could either get gone or get paid, or you could make money off them. Because that's a cool one. I never thought of that, but I'm going to start thinking about that at the end of the day. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious thought. because as as a mom myself and as a wife myself, I've noticed that my own habits of gratitude um, that resulted from a life-changing adventure into the Philippines, 
um, have started to spill out over to my husband, who does not even, you know, in his periphery Gratitude. three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? But he just naturally started doing it. Now, have you noticed the same thing within your own family and friends? Is this something that others have picked up on and are tapping into and using in their own lives? Interesting question. When I first started keeping my gratitude journal, I noticed that my husband became more verbally appreciative. I mean, we've been married for 17 years, so at that point it was 13 years that I'd been that, um, and when I started keeping the journal, and I just noticed that he was thanking me more, or just, and he's an accountant, so he is not necessarily, you know, overly verbally expressive. And I noticed it, and then that happened that I started giving him more appreciation, and it created this beautiful circle now that, you know, if I clean up the kitchen, he'll come home and say, hey, the house looks really nice. Thank you for doing that. Or he cuts the lawn, and I thank him for doing that. I mean, and he obsesses over that. And, you know, all summer long, he's out there two, three times a week cutting that darn grass, but it looks beautiful. We have, a you know, one of the nicer lawns on the street because of his efforts. And I acknowledge him for that. But I think it just started that cycle that I never told him that I was keeping a gratitude journal. You know, sounds kind of like your husband. Not that it was anything bad, just that he really didn't care. <laughs> it was my fault. But I, I've noticed the difference. So in that, very much so. But as far as my friends, it was, it was so funny because I speak on it. And I talk about it all the time. You know, it's kind of like Lisa's thing. And I had two friends. No, can't, believe it. Can't or not. perform miracles at home. No, I hear you. It's the no. same. It's the same thing in my life too. I hear you. It's 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 oh, that's yeah. Jean's thing. The radio show. That's but Jean's the, thing. Yeah, and the funny thing yeah. is, though, within two times in one week, and this probably happened six or eight months ago. But one of my girlfriends called me and she said, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, what? She goes, well, you've been yakking to me about this darn gratitude journal thing for the last two years, and I haven't done a thing with it. I figured that was your thing, and things have just been going go, going to pot right now. And I figured, oh, what the heck, I am going to just start this stupid gratitude journal. And she goes, so she started, she said, you're not going to believe what happened. And she starts giving me this whole list, like her 14-year-old son that she was having all these problems with, came home from school and put his arms around her and said, I love you, Mom. And all of these things were going on. I'm like, well, yeah, that's why I've been telling you about a gratitude journal for the last two years. (laughs) It's not just Lisa's thing. No, and my other friend did the same, almost the exact same thing except she's even manifesting better than I am. She starts a gratitude journal, goes out to her mailbox, or checks her P.O. box, and one of her clients sent her an iPad. <laughs> you know? So, and I think it's almost like the, yeah, like the universe is kind of like, ha-ha, told you so, with these huge manifestations because they're not expecting it, and yet, they start to practice, they're open to it, and that's the thing that I have to give both my friends credit for. Is they didn't necessarily believe it would work, but in their hearts they were open to the possibilities, and because of that openness, it did work for them. And they're two of my best testimonials now, because it's, it's 
you know, your friends actually validating what you're doing. And what's funny about that is that as an author, I can attest to the fact that I know that um, sometimes people assume that our friends support our work just because they're our friends. That mm -hmm. is so far from the truth. Um, I mean, yes, they will support us. However, I still have friends who have not yet read the book that I gave them in 2009, my first book that I published. I still have friends who have not read it. Right. And yeah. you know what? It, but they will continue to support my journey, but it's my journey. So it's my thing. But and just keep, uh, just keep going, Nikki. You've also had a couple of them that have, like, you know, emailed I you have. up or phoned you up and gone, hey, I just yeah, read your book. And I have. And you, you used to call yep. me and laugh about the fact that how long it was that since you gave it to him, and now you laugh about how good it is for him. And it's yeah, it's 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 really cool to see two years later or three years later somebody send me a message going, I finally sat down and read your book, and I just got my dream job. Right. So and it's all thanks. in the perfect time. And it's like it's, it's well, when cool, of course. Right. Well, and it's when they're ready for it, for whatever reason. And the other thing that I always thought was kind of funny, when my friends read the book and they, they call you and go, wow, your book was really good. Like, they're surprised that you actually wrote something right? that was really, really good. It's like, come on, people, this is what I do. This is what I love. This is my heart. It's like when I wrote The Upside of Downtime, I just felt that it wasn't even necessarily coming um, from me, it was coming through me. It was just this amazing experience because I'd been wanting to write a book forever and I had all of these folders in my computer with different ideas about how I was going to approach gr the gratitude and what I was going to do in this book and it just wasn't coming together. And then after I was in the, uh, the Keeper of the Keys, the first movie I was in, I wanted to do a movie premiere in Cleveland where I live and I wanted to have a book at the premiere that I could gift to the people that were coming in as my VIPs. So with that deadline, I said, okay, by March 28th, I want to have a book in my hand. And by setting that deadline, it was almost like sitting down, the words just came and they flowed and it was me talking and it was this amazing experience. I mean, it was 10 and 12 hour days it felt like it was a half hour that went by. But when I read that book and I and I hold it in my hands and I, I just, it, it still brings me joy. It came out a year and a half ago and I just love that book because there's so much heart into it. And it's wonderful when my friends actually do read it because I don't want to push it on them. I don't want to say, here, you have to read this because then it's, you know, just shameless self-promotion. Yeah, there'll be eyes. a test next week. <laughs> Right, exactly. And the thing is, a lot of them, I quoted it. I quoted my friends in it. And then they got a copy of the book, and I'm assuming that they probably went to the page that I marked that they had their quote on it. <laughs> That's pretty much it, you know? It's a similar experience with both of mine was that a lot of, a lot of people in my life were quoted and referenced. Um, names were changed, but that's because they were both written as fiction. And my second book, I can, I can understand where you're, where you're coming from because I, I told Rick repeatedly, I'm just the pen on this one. I'm literally just a pen. I sit down and I write whatever comes. 
And I would go back mm-hmm. and read parts of it and go, I, I wrote that. I can't say that. I can't, I can't, that, I can't say that. Um, so I understand where you're coming from. And it's such a wonderful way to write, to just be able to sit down and let it flow. Right. And it just, it still brings joy. And then I had a great experience with it last year. I was at the National Speakers Association convention. It was a month after my book came out. So, of course, being a baby author, I, I, I carried my book with me wherever I went. And one of the people that I quoted in my book was Harvey McKay, who wrote the book Swim with the Sharks Without Getting Eaten Alive, which was one of my favorite books in sales in the 80s when it came out. Well, I'm at lunch, and Harvey McKay sits at my table, and I am basically going into heart failure. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Harvey McKay. It's Harvey McKay. So, of course, I reached over in my purse. I grabbed my book. I found exactly where I quoted him. I highlighted the pages where you know, I had rec- uh, Swim with the Sharks as part of my recommended reading. And after lunch, I darn near pounced on Harvey. I'm like, you know, Harvey, you made such a difference in my sales career. I'd really love to give you a personalized copy of my book. You really helped me out a lot. You know, would you accept it? And he said, sure, you know, and I signed it to him. We got our picture together, you know, holding my book. And I figured that that would be the end of it. You know, it was nice. He was polite. And so this year, a year later, this past June, Harvey McKay calls me. And then the phone rings and everything. He's like, hey, Lisa, it's Harvey McKay. And same thing. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Harvey McKay. And I'm freaking. But what I actually said was, oh, hello, Harvey. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, millionaires call me all the time. This is wonderful. So he said, yeah, I, I read your book, and I thought it was fabulous, and I have a gift for you. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, I'd, I'd like to write about it in my syndicated news column that goes to 10 million subscribers. Would that be okay? (laughs) No, no, you may not. Yeah, 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 you know, Harvey, let me talk to my people and get back with you. (laughs) No, obviously, I said that it was okay. But the other thing that I looked about at that is it's the spirit of giving to people with no expectation of return. I mean, I gave Harvey that book as a gift because – I wanted to share it with him because he made that significant difference in my life, not knowing that a year later that that act of gratitude, that that act of kindness was going to come out, was going to come back to me and give me just a wonderful gift. So it's really just been a great journey. You never know how far the ripples of your kindness will spread. You just never know. It's like throwing a little pebble into a pond. You never know. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome story, especially for aspiring authors and new authors, uh, because usually as a new author, we have an outcome in mind, and I can tell you that the outcome isn't always going to be what you envision it to be, but if you're going to write, do it for the love of writing, do it for the love of sharing the story, do it for the love of of telling people about your life-changing experiences and insights without expectations of how many copies you're going to sell, who you're going to help, um, how it's going to change anybody else's life. It has to be about you first, and then let your baby out into the world and let it breathe and see what people do with it because you never know what's going to happen in two, three years. I, Like Rick said, I've seen... Some people two, three years later come back to me and go, I've 
you know, I, I, I get it now. I, I thought you were crazy then. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were yeah. nuts. Completely off well, the wall then, talking, but I get it now. Yeah, and I was talking to one of my friends when I told her the story about Harvey, and she was like, oh, I never just give my book away. I always sell it. And I'm sitting there going, your book is pretty much your business card. You know, when you look at the, the small price that you're actually paying, you know, well, I, I self-published, so my book was a lot less than if I had a traditional published. But I can use that as a business card to gift to people because I have no idea. I go in, into it with the the um, belief that I am giving somebody something that, you know, is going to resonate them whenever they need it. You know, when it, it's going to show up or maybe they'll gift it to somebody else that needs it. But when we just take that and go in the flow and share our work with the world instead of just holding on to it, expecting that everything has to bring us cash, because it's so, there's such a small percentage of people that make a gazillion dollars from their book, but it helps you in so many other ways. It builds your credibility. It, it allows you to share your gifts with the rest of the world. And that's, to me, the, the greatest blessing that has come from this whole experience. I wrote the Upside of Downtime strictly for back-of-the-room sales, you know, to have it my movie premiere. And so when I speak, I'd have a book at the back of the room, and that was going to be it. But when I got it in the mail and I held that baby book in my hand for the first time and I realized what it was to be an author, it's it's just it has changed my whole thing and now you know five books later with a sixth on the way I just can't write enough because it's so fun to put it out there and just to see where it goes to see my Amazon sales and my Kindle sales all over the world people that I don't know are finding me and I just think that that's the coolest thing on the planet. It, it is awfully cool. I'll 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 have to say it for her, but. I, I was actually on a Skype call with Jean one time, and she, and of course everybody knows by now that that's a pen name. Um, so she she Googled herself, <clears throat> hadn't really done that, and so she uh -huh. pun she punched her pen name Jean Victoria Norlock, and 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 she's over on like page three of the results, going, they have my book in Australia. How they get what? Did, it's available in Japan. What? happened you know, where did it how uh -huh. did it you know and um because i'm self-published too so i i the virgin author that's me you know that's that's what i've turned myself even though i've got three books out um, four if you count the collaboration for charity so i yeah i'm the virgin author i didn't expect that to happen but it did and it was exciting it was cool and when i I, you know, somebody in, in Switzerland sent me a picture of her holding the book and a message that she had loved it. And I was like, that's just awesome. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's I love exciting. when I go through the, yeah, the, the, the Kindle website because a couple of my books are, are strictly Kindle books and then the other ones are hardbound and Kindle. But to see, because they break it down as far as what countries, you can see where the royalties are coming in. So it's just it's just really a cool thing to just see that you're making an impact. I, I don't know, I don't think it's been translated in any other languages yet, but yes, that's all coming. 
Absolutely. And I've heard from other authors that we've had on the show that your translator comes along when when it's time. It's kind of one of right. the things that's gifted to you. If you continue to go on with just writing on faith and just sharing your story, I'd really like to translate this into Spanish. And it'll be the right person for you. So, you know, right. um, I, 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 I love that that's how you write and that's how you continue to publish. And I love that you self-published author who I can't even count how many copies I've given away. I mean, we every single guest we've ever had on. These two people starting to sound to me like it's break time. Um, we'll see if we can't get that cleaned up, folks. Uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, with a mystery song. What are we going to play?
everybody. That was our dear friend Jordan Okren helping me out while uh, I got us all back together again. Um, <laughs> well, you know, that occasionally, you know, George, the executive producer, occasionally just pushes the button that says stop. <clears throat> and <laughs> things stop when George pushes. <clears throat> Absolutely. Every time. So we're we're quickly coming up on um on time because tonight's shorter show is going to be a little bit shorter than usual. Uh so I'm I'm curious you've had some interesting an interesting journey to get here. But what does here mean for you right now, Lisa? What are you doing right now? What's what do you got your claws into? Boy, this it's such a difficult question to answer because it's I'm doing so many things right now. I have two big projects that I'm working on. My The, the um, new movie is coming out, The Gratitude Experiment. I'm doing a red carpet premiere here in Cleveland, Ohio on October 30th. But there's also, if you go to thegratitudeexperiment.com, that you can also see the movie streaming online. And that has many of the experts from The Secret in it. So it's Bob Proctor, Mary Morrissey, Marie Diamond, John Martini, And, it, again, single-minded focus at looking at gratitude from a lot of different areas. So that's just been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. I went to Calgary to for the red carpet premiere, the, the main premiere in April, and that was a blast. And it was great to – it was fun to see me on the big screen. And then my other <laughs> project that I – <laughs> that I started um, is actually launching on offer. And it's a thank you today challenge that is called Take Five and Thrive. And if anybody wants to check that out, it's just takefiveandthrive.com, spelling out F-I-V-E and thrive.com. But what that is, it's a whole program around a 30-day challenge of gratitude, looking to say or write five thank yous a day, every day. And there's five ways that you can say thank you. You can either uh, put it in, write it in your gratitude journal. If you write down five of them, you're done for the day. You can express verbal appreciation. You can send a thank you note. You can write a letter of appreciation. Or you can meditate on gratefulness for five minutes. And in the world, according to Lisa Ryan, the difference between a thank you note and a letter of appreciation is that in a thank you note, it's thank you for the gift, thank you for dinner, thank you for something specific. A thank you note is going to be sent 
generally right after something happens. You get the gift, you send a note. A letter of appreciation, on the other hand, is, then, is thinking to yourself, okay, who needs to hear from me today? And creating a letter to thank them for just being them. Thank you so much for being in my life. These are all the reasons why I appreciate you. Because there's so many times that we wait to say the nicest things to the, pe of, to the people or about the people that we love when we're at their funeral and we're reading their eulogy. You know, and that's when it all comes out. And I really believe that we need to stop, not stop doing eulogies, but stop waiting. I think that it should be against the law to ever say anything at a eulogy that you haven't told that person while they're still on the planet. And that letter of appreciation gives you the opportunity to do it because when you tell somebody that you appreciate them, when you tell somebody thank you, you're creating this beautiful memory. But when you write it down, you're creating a treasure. So the letter of appreciation, the thank you note, gives you that written affirmation that that person can go back to time and time again because you've created that treasure. So the, the Take Five and Thrive Challenge is just a little reminder where there's the, the people that the participants, they get a, a video from me every day showing, and it's just a short, like a three-minute video, but just little gentle reminders. One of my participants have told me that it's like a friend, you know, tapping you on the shoulder every day. Because we get out of the habit of doing it unless we make that concentrated effort. And then my fully evil plan <laughs> at the end of the 30 days is that it has become a habit because the people see the, the difference that they're experiencing it. And it, when I did my last challenge, um, I did one in June, and miracles happened. I had one woman that at the beginning of the 30-day the pro program, she was tentatively diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And when I saw her, she was just, she was a mess. And, but she signed up and she, she did the program. And then I talked to her at the end of the program when she had just found out that her diagnosis was, it, it, she does have Parkinson's. But because she had been focusing on gratitude for 30 days, she said, you know, Lisa, I am not going to let Parkinson's beat me. I am going to beat Parkinson's. So it had that, and she says, and I still keep in touch with her, because she says that that practice is making her feel better, and she feels like she's taking this on in a much better frame of mind than if she didn't have it. I had another one of the... The guys that took it in June also hadn't made his sales quota for, you know, like two years. He started getting my gratitude thought of the week about a year ago, and then uh, he said that not only did he make his quota in June, but he kind of blew it out of the water and got a bonus. So I think it's just really shifting and making that concentrated effort that people can do on their own, but sometimes it's also nice to just have that little reminder, oh, yeah. I want to be grateful today and just keep that up. And then I also have a gratitude thought of the week that people can sign up for at my website, which is gratigy.com, and that's spelled G-R-A-T-E-G-Y, gratigy.com, and it stands for Gratitude Strategies, and it's the only word I own, which I think is pretty darn cool. <laughs> that's awesome. 
Absolutely. That's an awesome story. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if this lady manages to appreciate herself back to health. I know one of the things that, that I've used to get off um, off of my back with my health issues and get back on my feet and functioning and being able to live a normal life was gratitude to my body. And mm. that that was an interesting one to tap into. But once I tapped into saying thank you to my body for performing each day, it began to get stronger. It was like it it appreciated me appreciating it, and right. it wanted to perform and get more appreciation. So the more gratitude I showed to my body for healing itself, the more it would heal. So well, look out for those miracles around appreciation yeah. and gratitude because they happen. They <laughs> yeah. really do. It really, it's, it's, a, it's powerful. It's, you know... What you, this whole law of attraction thing about what you focus on expands. And I remember when I first heard that sort of thing, and it, the image in my mind was like the cartoon character, and his eyes get really big and sort of spin around while he's staring at whatever it is. Because what? What do you mean focus on what? 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 What are you talking about? And to me, gratitude is a perfect state to be in of appreciation. Uh, towards something and then you get more of that you know so that right. you can do that more and it, it, because it does it starts being like the whole shebang the whole universe is like oh I just love it when he appreciates me I'm going to do that again and um, <laughs> it, it is it's you know yeah, and uh, one of the totally. things that, I, that I'd like to share too is that we want to have that grateful frame of mind. We want to concentrate on it, but it's also the action of writing it down because you're also using so many more senses when you're feeling the pen in your hand and you're, you're seeing the words on paper and you're hearing the words as you're writing it down. So it's also, it, it just gives you a lot more access versus just thinking about gratitude. It just takes it many steps further and really expands the practice even more. So writing it down is another key that just really sends it over the edge as far as the power in the manifestations that you experience. Absolutely. It's like putting the horsepower behind it. Uh, because I know there's yeah, a lot of giving people... It the oomph. I know there's a lot yeah. of people that... that that are still, you know, they've been hearing that law of attraction thing and they've been ta talking about it and they've been thinking about it and they're still sort of like, yeah, but this, what, what? Um, Where's my stuff? Right, that one. Where's my stuff? Right. And Where's my stuff? And, you know, the answer, okay, well, just get happy. Well, what, what are you, what, what? <laughs> this is a fantastic way. I strongly encourage everybody to get by and, and uh, sign up uh, at least for the you know the thought of the day because that it, it does work it does magical things and um it, does. it works uh, we know it works it's worked we know for it us. works it's worked for us and uh, right uh, and I can and I haven't read her but I'm gonna start writing again I am gratitude blog that would be fun that would be cool wouldn't it right appreciation <sighs> blog to pe a new pe person that I love every week. Here's why I'm grateful yeah. for you. 
And, um, and you know, the thing is that the people that you send that to, it will be the exact person, and they will get it at the exact moment that they need it. It's just really, again, amazing how the universe kind of conspires to put the thoughts in your mind of who you need to appreciate and be grateful for, and you have no idea what that person was going through just five minutes before they opened your letter. You can completely change their day, change their attitude, and, and create that treasure that they'll keep forever. Absolutely. Let that Lisa, it's an absolute it. honor and privilege to have you on the show today, honestly. It's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant ideas. Love it. Yeah, it was fun hanging. Thank you. Good deal. (laughs) I'm glad that you had fun because that's the only goal we have in the show, really, uh, is, uh, yeah, we'd like to have a conversation. But, but, you know, the main goal is to have fun because, you know, brilliance comes out. What would be the point if not? Well, and the brilliance, right. The brilliance really slides out once you relax and you start having fun. And uh, right. Um, so, conversational and show, frankly, not life, interview show. We don't do that. Yeah, life's too short not to have a good time while we're here. Right on. Uh, All right, everybody. Well, I, I encourage everybody too to stop by our website at everydayconnection.me because it's all about me. No matter which one of us means is reading it. And uh, sign up for our newsletter because that's the best way to keep track of what we're doing because we don't even really know. Uh, but what we do know, we'll share with you through our newsletter. How was that, Gene? Did I? Oh, absolutely. Well, it's true. I mean, we don't we we don't know when the shows are getting posted. We we never know um, from week to week who's coming on the show because we just keep getting such extraordinary people kind of knocking on our door, which is super cool. And um, so yeah, and and our show's always grown and expanded and shifted and changed. So the best way to keep track of those shifts, those changes, the new stuff, and to find the old stuff, because we have over 200 hours of really, really good conversation with some amazing people, and you can find them all on our website. Absolutely. Uh, We try to talk to as many people as we can so that there's something for everybody. Um, So we do hope that you'll join us again next time. But until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay grateful and connected. Have a great now, everybody. Join Jane and Rick again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and subscribe for news and updates. Stop by their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection and join the conversation. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. 
The only question before that question, how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Juicy sizzling steak, hand-tossed original dough, a four-cheese blend, and Papa John's creamy signature Philly sauce. It's like the best cheesesteak sandwich ever, but way better, because it's on a pizza, which means you can share it. So show some brotherly, or whateverly love, and get yourself one today. Right now, at Papa John's, get a large Philly or any large specialty Papa John's pizza for just 12 bucks. Yes, 12 bucks. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. At participating U.S. stores, prices may vary. Tax and tip and fee extra. 